about print news. Hello, our dear friends that are virtual or real. <laughs> What's up, nerds? <laughs> How's it going? Welcome to our, I don't remember the number of episodes, but welcome to the new one. Yeah, welcome. It's good to have you here. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> We're staring at each other over Zoom. Yeah. Not for any reason other than it's just convenience. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out how to how we can get the best audio, and it's a slow and tedious process of trying to figure that out, but yeah. I think we're one step closer, so. Yeah. Yes, yes. What, yeah. um, well, I just saw you yesterday, but <laughs> what's yeah. going on with you? Well, we're ramping up for the new school year, so just like prepping for that, making sure everything's ready to go. Um, and I think the new MFA students come in on Tuesday and can move into their studios. So that's cool. That's exciting. Get to meet them. And, um, yeah, just getting everything ready to rumble as much as I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was at University of Minnesota, when new grads would come in, there was just like this palpable energy. Totally. Of excitement. I mean, it happens with, like, undergraduate students, too. But, um, yeah. A bunch of nervous energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, that's funny. What's going on with you? Um, I'm reluctantly, like, ramping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't start until, I think it's, like, the 25th of September, because we're on the quarter system, which this is yeah. the only time that I enjoy being on the quarter system. Because in May, when everybody else is like, happy finals, I'm like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still have so long. It's like five more weeks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because we usually go through the middle of June. And that's, I feel like I just am on, you know, circadian rhythm of academia in semester systems. So around May, I have like senioritis Mm -hmm. in faculty form. Yeah. Not a good look. I gotta get used to this. <laughs> it's only been what four years. <laughs> only been, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, cool. Well, have you seen any like fun print stuff lately that you've been excited about? What's inspiring you, print wise, eating? <laughs> um, you're putting me on the spot because I didn't have any notes for that. Um. Oh well. Also, we don't have to even talk. About it. <laughs> Well, I feel like I see stuff all the time, yeah. but if I don't write it down or, like, save it on Instagram, yeah, um, I see people that I really like going to residencies and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the print conference. I think we say that every <laughs> fucking episode, but I'm excited. Um, and... I will be wearing a mask the whole time. Yeah, I'm hoping that the fall doesn't, you know, pop off COVID-wise. Yeah, I hope not to. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you have fun stuff that you've been seeing? Um, I mean, I'm always inspired by Instagram stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing on the internet, I feel like. Um, 
I did write a couple things down I wanted to show yeah. you. I was going to look up this person. Yeah. Um, so there's this, like, <gasps> oh, yeah. little, <laughs> little old fella who's, like, a Canadian printmaker, and we follow each other, and his Instagram handle is Otis Litho. Um, all one word, all lowercase. And the other day, he posted this fucking insane blend roll that I was like, how did he do this? And I reposted it, and so many people were like, how did he do this? And I was like, this is what I think he did. And it was just fun to, like, have this print mystery that so many people were like, how did this even work? Because it's not a classic, like, blend roll where there's colors next to each other. It's like a spot of color tie-dye. here, a spot of color here. Yeah, yeah. tie-dye. Yeah. It, I've seen, like, like Nick Satinover will do what he calls plaid. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, but sure. this is like organized chaos. Yeah. So that was like really cool to see. And now I want to try something like that myself because as I feel like I scream from the rooftops all the time, printmaking just has endless possibilities. So now I want to try that. See what I yeah. can. <laughs> what a fun trick. Yeah, truly. And then I had another um, thing I've been thinking about. Another printmaker. I hope I don't mess this name um, up. It's Amira Paul. I think it's Paul Wan. I've met. I actually. I have the the blending of uh, reality and and internet reality just meshed together, kind of like when your dream world is invading your real world. I don't know if I physically met Amira, but <laughs> I feel like I have. Yeah. Well, they did some really rad Rizos recently that looked like line work that you get from etchings. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that those were super sick and um, those have been inspiring me. Yeah. Amira. Yeah. I have one of Amira's prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amira's Instagram also is meerkat239, meerkat like the animal. Thanks um, for sharing that. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying? Wow, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Um, you have one of their prints. Oh, yes. I have one of yeah. their, one of, one of her screen prints that, um, I just absolutely in love with. It's so, like, soft colors and blends and. Oh, cool. Just so fucking cool. That's um, rad. Yeah. She also does this really fun baking project. Oh. It's called Elevensies. That's cool. And it's like she bakes. I think it started as like a um like a trade portfolio of 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 pastries like people each made one dozen cool. of something. But I think now it's her making all of them. Yeah. And she makes, you know, a dozen of them, but I think she keeps one, so that's why it's called Elevensies. Yeah. So you'll get um one of each of the things that she makes that's fucking wild printmakers yeah. and they're printmakers are doing for themselves i yeah. believe that they're oh stunning so go to meerkat239 heart eyes emojis as as cammy wrote yeah. notes. <laughs> heart eye emoji. that's sick uh printmakers are yeah. just the i love baking i just made yeah. cookies last night um that <gasps> i was flavor. like 
we have some friends moving away and we're going to see them tonight. And I was like, I want cookies. And also then I can give them the care package. I did this the last time when I knew I was going to see Cammy the next day. I was like, I want brownies, but I also don't want to have all of them around. So (laughs) Cammy, Cammy, go get some. I love brownies. Yes. I'm going to make brownies today because I'm in the mood to bake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so satisfying. It truly is. I love to bake. I like uh, to use printmaking or baking references or just cooking references when I'm doing my demos mm. to explain, like, consistencies of things. Totally. Yeah. Mm. The children understand consistency references. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand my cultural references because they are 20 <laughs> years younger than me. Ooh. <laughs> I hate saying that out loud. Uh, it's okay. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? I thought of something I wanted to say, but now I'm blanking on it. Print conference, excited. Um, <laughs> we're gonna see friends. Mm-hmm. Well, Edie and I are still doing <laughs> some like fun little merch things to hand out to our pals. Yeah, we'll, so we'll see if that works that, out. That'll be cool. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Edie, have you ever... Okay, so as the listeners, as the dedicated listeners know, I set up my first portfolio exchange. And I'm scheming on how to get it exhibited. Have you ever applied to like a gallery space and been like, I have this portfolio and I want to show it. I'm also not going to frame every single print. Mm. Let me put my prints up. <laughs> um... I think, no, I have not done that specific thing, Mm -hmm. but I could see that being good for like really small galleries or educational institutions. So maybe there's like a tiny gallery space, PSU or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, PSUA definitely has a couple galleries that I could put it up in. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's something where it's like they have to be framed, I would go in on you with some ikea frames yeah because they'll they'll fit into those they'll be in, it's a good size for those yeah true so figure it out okay. yeah. cool 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 yeah yeah if you dear listeners have any suggestions please let me know especially like local we don't want to ship stuff yeah yeah i know i don't want to ship like 20 framed prints but if somebody wants to hang them up with magnets and make sure nobody coughs on them, then great. <laughs> <laughs> or put plexiglass over them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So if anybody has like a tiny little gallery at the school they go to school at or work at, yeah. And you want, if you want, um, is it twenty people or is it nineteen people? Um, the edition size is twenty. But is there 20 people or less than 20? Less than 20 people. Okay. I rounded up so. so we could send some out to... Right. Shows. Shows. So if you would like... I mean, some of the people are like Catherine Polk and yeah. Fiona Avocado. And I can't remember who else. But Oh, yeah. Emmy Lingscheit. You. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's Sammy Seta. There's Will Mares. There's... Um, I just put everybody on this email I sent out. There's Carla Javier. There's um, 
just endless amounts of like really <laughs> rad people Rachel lived all and can't wait to see what she makes. Can't wait to see what everybody makes. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody has a lead, let us know. Yeah. Let Cammy know. Cammy's in charge. I'm in charge here. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Great. No. Uh, um, oh, I have one more thing. Oh, sure. What's that? I just recently not everybody has the privilege to do this, but I just recently let go of a responsibility at work. Oh, cool. Which felt really fucking good. What'd you let go of? I mean, it's something I really enjoyed, but I, um, it's the, uh, bargaining strategy team because we're in a negotiation year. It's just, it's a lot of time. And right now this next year, um, I am temporarily in charge of three areas at school. So I don't have the time. And so I was having a little bit of panic just even thinking about when September came. So I was like, something has to give. Yeah. There are a ton of amazing people on that team. I trust each and every one of them. So I'm going to dip out. So, I mean, not everybody can do that when it comes to like school responsibilities, but I highly recommend making lists of the things it's kind of horrifying to do, but to make lists of the things that you do that aren't your normal job and mm. write out how many hours you spend on it a week. Yikes. It can, I did it. Cause I was like, if I take this one thing out, it's not really helping me out. Mm-hmm. But if I take this other thing out, that's really going to help me out because yeah. I just needed more headspace for the next year. So exercise yeah. if that yeah. doesn't give you panic. Yeah, well, I remember you telling me about times that you'd be, like, in Zoom meetings for the bargaining stuff, and it'd be, like, 10-hour Zooms or something fucking crazy where you'd have to, like, be on your Zoom on your phone while you're trying to grow, like, go home or, you know, like, that's not. Yeah, (laughs) I learned a lot, and if I wasn't doing all these other things, like, I was trying to fit in some sort of exercise regime yeah so that um you know as I'm getting older it's probably because my birthday's coming up I was like I need to like feel a little stronger going into my mid-40s yeah dude if anything has shown up so strong in my 30th year it's that bodies change baby yeah and I'm (laughs) change is great I just want to feel a little stronger so I have a foundation as I get older. Pe- people in my family, mm-hmm. if they don't have that, you mm-hmm. go downhill really fast health-wise. So, yeah. But just looking at my calendar and going, when can I do this? Yeah. Was, was like, I'm doing, trying to make time for a thing that's going to be good for my mental health, but it's fucking with my mental health trying to find time to do it. Oh my god, I know. I was in that same horrible cycle recently and then I was like, fuck it, I'm just joining the gym up the street from my house, I'm doing it, and then I did it, and great. Yeah, and if you do it once a week, that's fucking great. Yeah, honestly. I yeah. aim for three, and one of those is a card yeah. dance class. Ooh, fun. Oh. <laughs> fun. Um, cool. Yeah, man. Well, so, yeah. what Find are we doing for your birthday? I'm inviting myself. You are coming. Um <laughs> Probably just a thing, maybe not on my actual birthday, but the Sunday after. For a while, I was like, I'm turning 42. Should I have 
a uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Forty two oh. is the answer to life, every the universe, <laughs> wow. and everything. Theme party, and everybody just has to bring their their towel. Um, but <laughs> that's <you know>. cool. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But okay, <laughs> I thought it was cute. It's just gonna be a plain old hangout. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Rad. Tell the listeners when your birthday is so they can send you a card. September <laughs> 9th. Remember it. Put it in your Google Cal's. 9-9. Nine, nine. Yeah, 9-9, nine, nine, baby. Yeah. Well, should we tell actual news? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have the beep, beep, beep as a sound bite, right? We don't have to do that. Uh, yeah, we don't yeah. have to do that. So we can just um, keep rolling and I can splice Okay. Yeah. You can edit this out, but I'm, I got hit in the lip with a horn today. Oh, the today. horn! Yeah. Oh, no. Did it hurt? Yeah, really bad. Um, yeah. It made the inside of my lip bleed because it hit my tooth. Ouch, dude. And now I can see a slight bit of swelling right there. But I luckily had an iced coffee, so I had some ice to hold on to it. Oh. And I was like, oh, if it's a goose egg, I'm going to feel so awkward but I was honestly it was kind of my fault why were you trying to smooch that goat no (laughs) I was giving one of them Gatorade in a bucket and the other one they love Gatorade all right okay well Gatorade's kind of salty they get a salt lick yeah so um and they're not they're kind of like cats they're not great at keeping themselves hydrated so um so yeah, I was trying to prevent the bossy brother from getting his head in the bucket also. And then both of them reared their heads up at the same time. Ooh. So I don't know which one got me, but. Oh, ouch, Edie. Ouch. Okay. It could have been, could have been my eye. Valid. Yes. Yeah. That, that would have been. I'd rather be hit in the chin or the mouth than the eye or the horn. Yeah. Those fucking goats. Yeah. You can leave that in or edit that out. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you want to do the first bit of news? Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Print Austin is launching Print New Mexico in Santa Fe. It's an expansion, y'all. Miranda Metcalf of Hello Print Friend is helping to organize, and it's also a celebration of Print Austin's 10th anniversary. Amazing. Um, their website is printsantafe.org, and I'm seeing April 2023. Is that when it's happening? I think, yeah, um, yeah cool. but they don't have an exact date. I imagine, so Print Austin is still happening. Yeah. So I imagine they're not going to be the same week in April. Oh, it was more than one week, I think. It was the Print whole Austin's month. It's like a month, yeah. Yeah. So we I imagine. Sometime. I've always wanted to go. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to go to the New Mexico one, too. But... Sick. I've never been to New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, Kristen lives there. Oh, hello. Hello. Kristen. Hello. Ooh, we could get an insider scoop tour of Takich. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah, so both will be happening, um, and Print Austin announced their juror for 2023 Print Expo, which is Rashawn Rucker. So um, the applications for that open September 1st, so that's the juried shows that are cool. happening. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. Um, 
I can just do the next one too. Um, Center for Contemporary Printmaking, which is um, a place that I went la- last summer. Yeah. Um, in Norwalk, Connecticut, is has their spring residency application open. And the applications are due October 1st. And I highly, re- highly recommend it if you can swing it. Um, you get the Helen Frankenthaler Cottage, which is like a print shop all to yourself plus uh, an apartment attached to it so it's but you also have a community shop right next door which would have the things that you might not have in there and also if you're lonesome you go over there hang out with people cool do they have funding at all it depends on the program so I'm not I did the professional development one which was specifically for teachers Okay. Oh, cool. Well, I'm not sure if that one is the same time, if it's within the same um, application period. Um, probably not, because that was in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's different, but I, I bet they have some sort of funding. Cool. Options. Yeah. Definitely worth looking into, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, here we have 60 square inches the 18th North American Small Print Exhibition. So if you make small prints, this one's for you, baby. Um, Purdue Galleries is pleased to accept submissions for the juried exhibition, 60 square inches XX. Are we doing Roman numerals again? I assume so. Well for us. Um, this exhibition of small-scale printmaking continu- um, continues a tradition started in 1977. This exhibition presents a current review of North American printmakers working within the format of 60 square inches, which is actually like kind of big. Am I thinking of, am I envisioning this wrong? Uh, so let me just keep talking. I'll do some math here. Great, because I'm not going to do the math because it's not easy for me. Um, the juror will be Jennifer Schuifer? Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second time's charm. Um, who's the assistant professor at Purdue. The deadline is September 1st. Great. So 10 inches by 10 inches is too big. It's so, too big. Because it's 10 times 10 is 100 square inches. Yeah. So it's got to be, you know, it's like whatever. So eight by 10 is probably work. So real small. Okay. Cammy, Cammy looks like math hurts her head. Right now. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So moving right along. The small, small stuff. Okay. Um, imprint is an international competitive exhibition of printmaking through Manifest Gallery in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, It's a call to artists to submit works of printmaking, and they strive to explore the range of methods and results currently being achieved within the boundaries of the processes. This exhibit has no predefined expectations for type or style of work to be considered or selected. So it sounds kind of like if you do digital, if you do hybrid stuff, if you do slightly sculptural things, looks sounds like everything flies. Um, submissions can range from most traditional to most conceptual or experimental. The only criteria beyond excellent quality is the work must feature printmaking as their primary media. 
and the deadline is September 3rd. So very soon after this comes out. Mm-hmm. I love that one of the criteria is excellent quality. Yes. <laughs> very subjective. Yeah. <laughs> um, IPCNY. New Voices Programming. Um, New Voices is a pilot program providing approximately six to eight emerging artists with a focus group exhibition at the Print Center um, in their new ground floor space at 535 West 24th Street in Chelsea in the summer of 2023. This exhibition will provide a compelling critical exploration of the artist's work and will be accompanied by a publication and an artist-led public programming or just and Mm artist-led public programming um, expanding on the season's themes. Artists will be brought to New York for a three-day convening. Mm -hmm. Is that the correct terminology? Three-day convening? um, I don't know. I copied this from their website, but must be right. Oh. <laughs> um, so it includes an opening reception and other in-person learning and networking opportunities. For six months following the exhibition's opening, artists will meet virtually as a group and receive individualized resources for professional and artistic development. Artists will receive an honorarium of $2,500 for their participation in the program and financial support associated for associated exhibition costs. U.S.-based artists may apply through the program through a free online application and will be chosen through a selection process led by invited curator Carmen Herma, associate uh, associate curator for the Brooklyn Museum's Elizabeth A. Sackler uh, Center for Feminist Art. The pilot year of New Voices will be framed by the guiding theme on transformation. For full program details, including information about the curatorial process, program timeline, and expectations of selected artists, please read the new voices info packet found on the IPCNY website. The deadline's September 30th, baby. Hell Uh, yeah. Yeah. I also went, I went to a, I went to an info session for this. Yeah. I was curious because I'm clearly applying. Um, it was good, and I think they said they were going to put it on their website also. Um, yeah, cool. The main takeaways I had was, like, the $2,500 is for whatever you want, and then they'll also pay for you to get to New York, so that's additional. And then if there's any, the, the cost for exhibition. Um, what was the other big takeaway? Um, but up, but the, oh, it sounds kind of like the artist-led programming is really catered to who's going to be in the show. Mm. The um, professional and development things and networking things sounds really specific to who the people are. So it's going to be really guided by who gets it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sounds like I don't know if I read this or heard this absolutely right, but it sounds like they might be moving away from the new Prince program and this is replacing it. Okay. How does the application process sound? Does it sound like wicked in depth? Does it sound like you're Mm -hmm. just turning in images? I can literally just tell you right now because I have it open as a tab. Um, It's like 250 words um, about how your work 
relates to the theme and they kind of go into a little more depth on some examples of how uh, the theme could be taken. Hmm. 250 words is not a lot. Um, What does your current studio practice look like? Like not talking about what you make, but like how do you dedicate time, space, and attention to it? 250 words on what do you hope to gain from the experience of participating, meaning like the professional development things and having a cohort and then a CV and five to 10 images. So they said that they do the initial jurying and they have finalists. Then the juror might want to speak to the semi or sorry. Yeah. Finalists, semi-finalists, something Mm -hmm. might want to talk to them, see more pieces, know more about, what they would want to show because basically you're applying right now with work that would go in the show. Oh, so you're not making new work? Well, you could, they explained it. It's like the show would be in the summer. The stuff has to get there around March. Okay. So you have a quick turnaround. Yeah. Cause I think they don't, they don't choose their person until like December because they're making time for the, speaking to the finalists I think they said December so there's it's not a huge turnaround time but you think you could make some new work if you work really fast so it's like consider what you would want to put in as a body of work that would go in a group show yeah to represent you okay cool so um yeah that's that's what I got from it great moving right along yeah um one of our own, Allie Norman, needs some help. Uh, Allie's print shop, the building, not her exact like studio location, but the building caught fire, which is like printmaker nightmare. And she needs to move out of the building. And that means a bunch of presses, heavy presses have to get moved. She already surpassed her funding goals through the GoFundMe, which is great, but she could always use more because... A lot of her inventory got destroyed because the sprinklers went off. I think there is, there's yeah. more loss here than just having to move the space. Yeah. So she's a go-getter and she'll get it done. But she just needs a little bit of help. Um, yeah. And the link will be in our stories. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, didn't, did we already post it? Well, we'll post we it did. Again, but... We'll post it again when this. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> now we're going into... Less toxic methods. Yeah. So there's um, who there's a lot out there. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of ways to decrease toxicity, and so many people have already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever, especially with people who teach, thinking about providing materials for classrooms, like. You could just cut out mineral spirits and use veggie oil and talc and simple green to clean. And that's a step, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't change your costs very much. I think for me, I was looking at some of the inks to change and it's, it's a lot when I already have stock to buy Mm -hmm. all new stock. So, um, but I think, you know, the little bits that we can do is helpful for our health and for mm-hmm. students health studio mates etc um yeah and little disclaimer 
what we're presenting by no means is comprehensive because there's so much out there. We have some resources to share with you that is pretty darn comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many folks starting to develop their own methods. There's a lot of, I feel like since the pandemic and people getting shut down and having to work in different spaces has really um, kind of pushed it to keep evolving because people were like printing at home more. Um, but we're presenting resources, some personal experiences of our own, and some reviews from your print colleagues uh, of specific products or processes. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, there's also so many different opinions out there. So, that's don't cool. add us. Yeah. yeah, don't add us. We don't want to hear it. Um, just kidding. We obviously want to hear everything. Yeah, you can tell us stuff, but just be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I want to give a little thank you to Edie because she posted that um, question on Instagram and was fielding all the replies. And thank you for crushing that, Edie. I appreciate Cheers. you. you I can't do that when school starts, but okay. <laughs> Girl, I mm-hmm. hear you. My <laughs> phone was like, bzz, 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 and I was like, what the fuck? I was like worried. I was worried I was bu- bu- bugging the shit oh, out of you. But... No, it's cool. It's yeah. totally fine. But I was at work, like, who died? Like, what happened? <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. It's just the nerds oh, cool. telling us some things. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's get into it. So, Everybody knows ZMAs um, has many resources for printmakers on non-toxic printmaking. They're kind of, I would say they're maybe like the most known in the forefront of like non-toxic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have online workshops and video tutorials that are super helpful. Um, in the section of education, they offer free information, which is super thorough um, for example, have you ever wanted to try an airbrush aquatint and replace rosin? Um, <laughs> they have like every recipe that anyone has come up with and they've tested them and compared them and they offer this info for free, y'all. Uh, so if you've been looking for a replacement for your recipe that uses uh, future floor wax, <laughs> since you can't get that in the U.S. anymore, go check out their other recipes. Um, obviously, we'll link all this like on the website and stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i'm also seeing that what is the substratum.org yeah liz banish liz banish is the shop tech at um center for contemporary print and very does online uh like sds and safety protocols for print studios so she sent me that link Hell yeah, work yeah. with Spanish. Um, it's a really great site that explains proper protection. So even if you don't reduce your toxicity in your shop, you can use this site to reference the safest ways to do what you're doing. Um, for example, ventilation, respirators, CDC recommendations, and more. Mm-hmm. Work. Get yes. hunty. <laughs> I think the, uh, the thing about like, the future floor wax and things going out of production you know even right now i'm having issues with finding certain things for the oh, shop yeah. that it's, a nightmare. it's like either production line has gone down or distributors are down or whatever finding new methods new materials is just like constant right now so zmaze is super helpful with that um yeah yeah um so we have, so those are two really great resources, but we have some more specific 
things in here. Um, so general cleaning, a lot of shops have switched from mineral spirits, uh, alcohol, meaning denatured alcohol, um, cleaning and gone towards veggie oil with the simple green. And then, uh, you don't want to use simple green on your rollers because it really dries the heck out of that rubber. But if you need to degrease, you can use a tiny bit of talc. Or you can just clean them really, really, really good with paper towel or shop rags after the veggie oil. Um, don't use baby oil or mineral oil because it will gunk up your brayer works big time. Gunk At up least, your brayer works? Like the metal parts, it keeps them oh. from rotating as much. Oh, we hate that. Yeah, We hate that. Yeah. So don't use those things. I know some people do and they maybe have good experiences with it, but... I've heard a lot of bad things and I personally had bad, um, experiences with it, but, Don't do it. uh, it's so much better to like reduce your vapor to, and honestly, the oil really grabs the ink. I feel like a lot better than mineral spirits when I, I remember using mineral spirits and it just kind of can slide off the table before you know it, but mm-hmm. veggie oil will stick to it and really grab that ink. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And a note about disposal, this was also suggested to be said from Liz, even though there are no fumes, linseed oil, so if you're using veggie oil and simple green, there's no fumes, but linseed oil inks do have a combustible flash point that can be increased with oxygen. So keeping it um, closed container is still really important. I recently had to get rid of my rag service because the price went up a ton, like doubled. Yeah. So I had to get rid of it and I'm disposing of my own, but I'm just, you know, paying attention to what I have to do. Another disclaimer that Liz <laughs> suggested was um, when it comes to neutralizing or cleaning any materials or disposal, be sure to check your state or local guidelines regarding proper waste disposal methods in your area. Um, that was really important. I had to look those things up because living in Oregon or California, you'd have stricter guidelines than you would living in Ohio, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, so just be sure to look at those things. Don't just do what I said and then say Edie said it and (laughs) blame me. Um, some folks like to use vinegar salt water solutions for cleanup, which is, I think, better as a secondary thing after the veggie oil. It doesn't quite cut through the oil as well as I would want it to. Um, and some people just clean up with simple green and skip the veggie oil and just has use a little more elbow grease. Mm-hmm. It's true. That works. I've seen yeah. it happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, for etching specifically, um, big grounds um, are out there to replace asphaltum. And we know some of you really like your asphaltum, which <clears throat> me um, <laughs> <laughs> um you can bake your grounds at oh i meant to insert the temperature in there i think it's 225 cool um just using hot plate yeah and you can strip off the grounds with a strong solution of soda ash there's also an estesol solution that can be good for a stripping bath also mm-hmm. we also have did you want to add something? Uh, I was going to say that Estesol, at least I do not use that now because 
it comes from Europe mostly and it's pretty pricey. Mm. Um, and I only teach, you know, a few students at a time at gym. Yeah. So it's not really worth it for me. Yeah. Um, but if you have, you know, a whole class of 20 students, it actually saves you money because the bath lasts a really long time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So then we also have the option for an aquatint to do a sandpaper aquatint. Um, and this is something that's super beautiful. Claire Gunville recently did one and I got to watch her print it and it was like really stunning. Um, also, there's so many. I was recently reading like a vintage printmaking book and there are so many ways you can do like a technique, different techniques to get what looks like an aquatint. Like you can do when you apply your hard ground, you can sprinkle salt over the top before it, the hard ground dries. And then the salt acts like, um, kind of like a little bit of a sugar lift moment. So when you dip your, um, plate in hot water, it'll melt off and expose just a little pinprick Mm. and then you can etch that and it looks like an aquatint. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can do aquatint looking stuff without having to mess with rosin. I personally do a spray paint aquatint, which is not um, better, but it's different and it is a lot easier and you don't need to inhale rosin into your mm-hmm. lungs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you can do it outside. Okay. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about what you do, Edie? Yeah. Um, I am not at least in my own practice, a user of hard ground because the tiny, tiny lines don't jive with how I draw. Um, So I do soft ground and draw that way. And I use Marnix. um, Marnix, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name incorrectly, but I think it's Everard. Um, Marnix has this recipe. He came to the University of Minnesota when I was there and did a big workshop And he makes um, a mixture of, it's half and half by weight, Senefelder's crayon ink and soy wax. And my best method I've found is you got to warm up that ink before you add the soy wax and have a really big container to do it in and use something like a fork because the the ink does not want to get broken up. So... Mm. um, and it melts, I mean, it de- the melting point of it depends on which soy wax you get, but it has really great coverage. It's super easy to clean up um, and it can be adjusted for the kind of sensitivity that you want based off of the grading of soy wax. So like oh. softer soy wax, softer soft ground. Okay. Um, and Marnix is also working on, he did a, he did a workshop through Zmaze and the tutorial is still up on their website. So if you want to just see how it works, go for it. And he's also working on a bilingual website that will feature a lot of reduced toxicity tricks. That's great. Yeah. Um, I guess I should do the next one too. Um, yeah. One topic that I have in common with some is that when I find a product like a reduced toxicity product or a DIY method that I like, one of those things goes out of production. Boo. True. Such as Golden Stopout, which I really liked. A lot of people did, and then they just stopped making it. Um, Amanda, I'm sorry, I need to like ask how to pronounce people's names before I say them. Macuba? 
sent yeah, a, close. I think it's Machuba. Machuba? Okay. I sent a message um, inquiring about a replacement for pledge floor finish for acrylic stop out for aquatints. Since it went out of production, another eye roll emoji. Hmm. She got an answer from Z Maze and a product called Quick Shine Floor Finish works equally as well. So she asked that question of me and I was like, I don't know. So she asked Z Maze and of course they knew. Um, so another reason to go support Z Maze. Truly. Yes. yes. Cool. Um, Litho. So for Litho, we have Johnson's Paste Wax that replaces lithotine and asphaltum, part solvent, part fatty material. Catherine Polk showed this method to us, um, us meaning Edie, um, <laughs> while Edie was at the University of Minnesota, and she learned, and Catherine learned it from John Dreisbach. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, while she was at the University of Arizona. Great. It works really good. That's cool. I am not a litho head. Neither so am I. Like, yeah. Like Catherine showed it to us using her method, which is to use only one crayon. Right. So it's real specific. So if and it also doesn't work great with solvent based touche. Okay. So there's some limitations, but it works super good for what I do. And I taught it in Minnesota with a class of 20. Wow. Yeah. And nobody's stone got messed up. So That's not crazy. a single person. Not a single person. Yeah. Stone and um, Estosol 150 can be used to replace lithotine. And Soy Solve 2 can also replace I, I asked Liz to like let me know if that was like a different kind of soy solve yeah like soy solve double i roman uh. numerals <laughs> <laughs> or if it was she was saying t-o-o like if it's regular soy solve so liz oh. tell us and we'll tell y'all on instagram liz but, yeah so right. estes or not so um lithotine is something that gives me a headache now in a split second Oh, the team's nasty, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's a hard sell for a lot of litho lovers is to try something so drastically different that is breaking with hundreds of years of tradition yeah. of stuff that's real finicky. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, finding room for experimentation is yeah. a big part of it. Totally. Totally. You want to tell us about some inks? Eating? Sure. Yeah, let us know. There's so many kinds of inks now. Um, remember when it was just Intaglio, Litho, Relief? Yeah. Now there's so many. <laughs> um, so a little disclaimer before we get into ink. Many pigments, regardless of their carrier or ink body, have some level or toxicity or danger when they enter the bloodstream. So please continue to take precautions when handling inks, regardless of their labeling. So like if you have a cut in your finger and you're using some sort of heavy metal ink, even if it's got a non-toxic, I'm doing an air quote, body, it's still got a toxin in it. So wear your gloves. And don't lick your ink. I said it. Okay. <laughs> um, where do you want to split this up? Do you want to talk for a minute? Sure. Um, well, yeah, let's just go back and forth on different ink types. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, though Akua is long. Because I'll do a lot it. of people had stuff to say about Akua. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I only have shit to talk about. Akua. Okay, then I'll do the Akua part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, is this pronounced Caligo? I want it. I want it to be. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I think Caligo sounds cooler than Caligo. Yeah. Well. Okay. Great. <laughs> so, Caligo Safe Wash versus Akua Water Base Inks. The standoff. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So, Caligo is oil-based but water-soluble. Cleans up with dish soap. What's that? However, <laughs> this is still linseed oil-based, so you need to um, do the correct disposal and don't light your shit on fire. Um, it does uh, It does this with a small amount of emulsifier mixed in. Meaning the, like, water-soluble part. Oh, stunning. Okay. Daniel Jossa, what's up? Hello. Um, told us that the only time he had a problem with it was when he was re-wetting a heavily inked monotype and a small amount of ink was not fully dry and it reactivated. But Daniel Jossa, May Roded, and Mike McGovern all love it. Love, love it. Love to love. Yeah. I think there's another, I feel like there was another company that had uh, I think it's graphic chemical had an oil-based water soluble ink too, oh. but I think it was specific to block ink. Oh, okay. Um, but I've not tried that one either. Cool. Um, so Akua, many of you might have seen the labeling and not tried it before. Um, really big diversity of experiences from people reported. I know some people that absolutely love it. Some people that absolutely hate it. Um, there are some people also that are like, it was fine. Um, Akua dries, it's totally water-based. So it dries by absorption. Other inks dry through oxidation, other uh, for making inks. So it's truly, um, essential that the previous layer is fully dry before doing the next, which should always be the case, but come on. Um, we heard some horror stories where a previous layer wasn't dry before the next was added and months later it still wasn't dry, which is wild that a water base is like that. Um, but we are hearing there aren't really any additives for making it dry faster that are made by Akua, but as you'll learn later that you can add cobalt dryer to it, but that kind of defeats the purpose of being non-toxic. Um, so it's a liquid pigment that can be modified to use for relief, but it's pretty runny and needs the modifier. So this is information from Daniel, I think. Nope. Um, I think that's partly from Daniel. Uh, it needs a tack thickener to be used this way. Some people have said that just regular old magnesium carbonate works. It was Katie Bruce that told us that um, there aren't that many additives made by Akua. Uh, Kelly Letterman loves it. Says you can use mag instead of the Akua thickener. And it sounds like she likes that better. But she really stresses time management between layers uh, and says 24 hours is key, which honestly isn't that much. But some people are also saying different 
colors dry differently. Um, and the drying time changes depending on the climate you live in. So if we were printing it in the winter versus the summer in Oregon, it would be very different. Yeah. Um, Kelly also states that different colors have different consistencies, which is something to get used to. But I honestly have felt this with Litho inks, different mm. colors. Um, and she, Kelly also said... Um, this tidbit, it's never going to be the same as oil-based. So thinking of it as a substitute isn't quite accurate. Mm. Here's a direct quote from her that I love. It's like using a butter substitute to cook. It works fine, but isn't quite the same. <laughs> accurate. Love that. Yeah. Do you want to read some stuff? Oh, Okay. Daniela Napolitano really likes Akua for really transparent layers, but did say that the downside is the slow dry time. Daniela also stated that the inks are naturally pretty transparent. Intaglio ink uh, is soy-based. Heard many different takes on it. Very polarized opinions. Hearing some issues with the Intaglio ink not being good for chincole or multiple soakings that uh, the ink can run and move around. Uh Katie Bruce told us that. Um, Cammie, me, personally think it's trash. (laughs) Um, Oh, look at my spelling. Okay. (laughs) Um, I've seen a print that was like an etching done with Akua ink that um, never dried, first off, and also developed like an ink ring, like an oil ring, rather, like that if you doesn't were to, make any sense. I know. I was like, I don't know. Like, maybe this person d- did something funky to their ink. But they said it was just Akua. Um, anyway, I just think Akua is trash. If your ink, if your water-based ink is known for never drying, then it's going to fuck up everything that you're trying to do from that on that print from there on out. Like, if you're trying right. to do... A monotype of layers, honey. Good luck. It's not happening. So, girl, I don't know. It sounds like it, it could be. It could be really good for people that do one color relief prints, or do, or really want to experiment and just be patient with it and find their own way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Rachel's tidbits below. Do you want me to read that? And then you can read Gordon's review. Cool. Okay. So Rachel Bruya um, teaches at University of Wisconsin Stout. And I was at um, In Cahoots with her last time and saw her printing with them um, for her own work. So I was like, I reached out and asked her if she could make a review. So this is direct quotes from Rachel. So during the pandemic, we, meaning Stout, converted our relief lab to Akua water-based inks. Uh, This allowed students to print at home, which was especially especially helpful when they needed to quarantine. Many of our students have been thrilled at the change because they like the less toxic cleanup and lack of fumes. We've not converted our etching lab to Akua, mostly because we haven't been offering it during the pandemic, but we will start looking at that soon. It's required some adjustment, probably hardest for the faculty since We've been using oil-based inks for 20 plus years and the properties are a little different. 
Akua inks dry through absorption into the paper. If you use the proper amount of ink, it can dry in as little as 20 minutes, but often an hour or so is good. If you use too much ink, it may never dry, which is wild. Yeah, that's whack. And I will say, like, one of the things I see students do a lot is either under ink or over ink. Yeah. They tend to over ink. So um, that's tricky. Uh, when we print with a lot of layers and with certain colors, white for some reason seems to take longer. We sometimes have to use cobalt dryer. This is frustrating since it's so toxic and defeats the purpose, but it's the only thing we have, have been able to figure out so far. For students, I typically just require two to three layers for assignments. And in general, over inking just doesn't work with Akua. Um, in that way, it teaches the students not to over-ink, which is a good point, because um, then they'll suffer. In terms of maximum layers, she personally has printed up to eight layers and noticed paper can't absorb a lot past four or five, which would be a problem for me, personally. Oh, yeah. um, it can be hard to get the brayers clean, and um, Mineral Spirits helps do a thorough clean, which again is kind of... What's the point at that point? Um, in general, our lab monitors comment that the Akua ink is harder to clean up and the lab is uh, con consequently a little messier, but they comment that the lack of fumes is worth the mess. I would have a problem with that too. Mm -hmm. um, Rachel said she honestly doesn't like the transparency quite as well and not sure if it's just because she's used oil-based inks for so long but it's probably been the hardest thing for her to adjust to. Mm -hmm. uh, Gordon Barnes had a review of whole, is this whole bean? Whole bean. Whole <laughs> God damn it, dude. Today, damn it. Uh, whole bean is great. It's whole bean. Okay. I'm, just I'm not laughing at you. I'm cutting it out. And saying <laughs> Gordon Barnes has a review of whole bean paste pigments. Um, this is the review he sent us. Also, thanks Gordon Barnes. Also, if you don't know who Gordon Barnes is, you're missing out. He's super rad. Go follow him on Instagram. Hi, Gordon. Um, a few years ago, when I was first exploring Mokuhanga, I started using inks from the Akua color line, color spelled with a K, that I think uh, is now called Akua Liquid Pigment. I ended up getting the whole professional set to try, and while there are some good things about the ink, I found the variability and consistency to be really problematic. Some were pretty watery and others came out more like a paste. The thicker ones had a tendency to separate and were difficult to shake to remix. None of that is to say that they couldn't slash didn't work for, for Mokuhanga. I just don't think that that is what um, is probably best, what it's probably best for. And I found the unpredictability annoying. So I went in search of alternatives. After trying a couple different brands of gouache, I ended up landing on the whole, whole, whole bind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Do it again. Whole bind paste pigment as my favorite Mokuhanga ink. It's a really simple product. It consists of basically just the pigment part of the ink, no binders, fillers, extenders, etc. But in a form that's way easier and safer to work with than actual powdered pigments. Depending on how much paste you add to your water, you can get everything from extremely saturated colors to very subtle ones while maintaining consistent texture 
and drying time. I feel like I have more control when I'm working with these inks and the hippie in me likes <laughs> those sort of <laughs> elemental concentrated no-nonsense-ness of an ink with only a couple ingredients. As a side note, I just want to say that it's probably not fair for me to really compare the two products because the Akua is a multi-purpose ink designed for use in multiple printing processes, and the paste pigments are really specific for Mokuhanga. Mm. The Akua has also been rebranded and potentially reformulated in the years since I stopped using it, so it's possible that the newer version um, doesn't have the issues I experienced. Mm. Thanks, Gordon. Thank you, everybody who submitted. Yeah. Shout out. Should, submitted their opinions, experiences, etc. Yeah. Um, I just had a thought. Like, I don't know if anybody's tried this, but with the Akua inks and the cleanup, mm. like, I wonder. Like, I have both isopropyl and denatured alcohol in the shop because. Mm-hmm. Isopropyl does the trick for Sharpie mm-hmm. and for some degreasing. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe that would work in getting rid of some of the pigments because a lot of pigment has grease in it. So mm-hmm. that's the hard part to get out. Mm-hmm. So instead of, like, using mineral spirits to, like, get rid of that, maybe alcohol. Yeah. Um, An interesting yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah, again, thank you to everybody who contributed. Um, obviously, this podcast is very community-based, so your help um, keeps us going, keeps us Heck alive, yeah. keeps us thriving. Yeah. Right. Um, I added this in while we were talking, Edie, so sorry to catch you <laughs> off guard again. Um, sabotage. I, sabotage. Sabotage. Um, I just wanted to know if anything is coming up for you or if you have anything to plug or if you want to be like, this is a print I'm working on. Um, I'm working on finishing a book, which oh. is only going to be like maybe two or three of them because I Love. I had all these big blocks from that series of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm going to cut these up and then <gasps> using the like color fill layers from those prints too and this yeah. layering things in weird ways yeah and i have this like text that i wrote about anxiety cool so it's kind of about that um so i'm working on that just for fun don't have any intentions for it really we love a fun project though yeah but i just ordered i'm gonna do it I mostly got inspired to do it because uh, IPRC here in town mm-hmm. has a spiral binder. And I was like, ooh, I want to make like a spiral bindy zine. Yeah. So because I'm really picky about certain things for books, I just ordered neon orange spiral bind. Okay. Where did you find that? Because PCA has to- a spiral binder and I want the children to have neon options. <laughs> I had to order a pack of 100. Well. So, Yeah. How much you can have, have, I'm only going to need three. So you can just. <laughs> I wonder if I can use the company card to refund you or pay for uh, it. I, don't, I was going to donate some to IPRC anyway, so I'll give you some. But well, thanks. it doesn't seem, there's not a lot of co- like, uh, what's it called? Color something coil, com- plastic coil is the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only like two companies that directly ship plastic oil products 
okay that was maybe the issue because i went on plastic oil and i was like how do i order these and there was like basically no option one, there was one link on their website which is very hidden yeah um right. yeah um but i ordered it from a different company so i guess we'll just wait and see what my review of how long it takes to get to me um yeah so i just ordered that fun and there's project that I'm working on and a panel for the print conference and then shortly after that I've been co-curating a show with Kevin Haas of Washington State University Mm. that's going to be on my campus and then it travels up to Washington State that's rad and I'll try to put some the our website won't probably at school won't uh feature that Mm. in full but I'll try to post something because it's yeah. gonna be rad. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I wanna come see that. That'll yeah. be sick. Yeah. Sweet. What are you working on? You've been doing some etchings. Yeah. I um have already started my etching for the Whisper Network portfolio because I got all inspired and was like, I'm ready to rumble. Um, so the line etch is done and now I need to do um a spit bite and the woodblock layer and everything. Um and I am participating in a little art fair at Nucleus um, Nucleus Gallery. Hopefully this <laughs> drops before then because it's on the 27th, which is in six oh. days. <laughs> um, but it'll yeah be at Nucleus Gallery in Portland on the 27th from 6 to 9. And it's been years since I've done like a tabling event. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to do that. And I'm bringing printed matter and like zine type stuff, Rizzo stuff um, and leather stuff. Um, and I made a screen print specifically for this tabling event. And it's been a long time since I've done a screen print. And I feel like taking a long time um, to kind of think about how I would translate my work into a screen print screen print was really helpful um because I feel like the screen print is like the closest I've gotten to feeling like oh this is an accurate representation of my work mm-hmm. so I'm stoked on that yeah and um what else who even knows um just working a lot and making stuff yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that cool Nerds, if you have anything you want us to plug, just send it our way and we'll post it on the gram. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. And those of you that are returning to school or teaching, best of luck. Bon voyage. Good luck. <laughs> Hang on tight. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>